Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, P.G. Patra. I'm so excited to be continuing season two. Today, we are featuring a meme artist, poet, author, podcast host, Instagram extraordinaire, James McRae. So tune in. This was such a powerful and impactful conversation. I hope that it resonates with you guys as much as it did with me. So James, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Thank first of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm basically a I call myself an author, a poet, a meme artist. I'm kind of an all-around uh, lifelong creative. Mm-hmm. And my creativity has taken different um, formats and shapes throughout my life. I've kind of always been a, a writer as well as a visual artist. And um, lately, I've been really trying to merge those those two. And the 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 medium of the internet meme has been kind of one of my newer forms of creative expression. And I, I kind of like that because it really balances out the the visual side of things as well as the written side of things. And it's kind of a new way to communicate um, ideas in a, in a funny way. That's, that's really like native to the internet. So I'm just kind of an artist uh, and a writer and um, I live in Austin, Texas. And um, you know, I think that my, my work also kind of touches on topics related to like spirituality. So I think it's Mm -hmm. a lot of my following is people that, you know, um, come to me for, you know, my take on spiritual ideas. And, um, I try my best to kind of filter these, these big daunting spiritual concepts through like memes or like, like funny poetry, just Mm -hmm. to add some like levity and humor to, you know, not only the, the spiritual community, but really the, the state of the world that we're all living in today. Absolutely. Yeah. I love your Instagram page. I'm a fan. I think when I discovered it, I went through like all the way to the bottom and my friends and family's inboxes were like spammed. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but it's so uh, good. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks so much. Yeah. The bottom is like, cause I started the page when I was like, when Instagram was new and it was just my personal stuff. So you, you get to the bottom and there's like pictures of me and my friends drinking and like <laughs> family pictures. And then it slowly like evolves into this big meme shit show. So <laughs> I love it. I love when people leave the evolution there. Cause a lot of people, when they decide to kind of change roots with their Instagram page, will just clear it and wipe it yeah. out. And then I'm like, no, no, no. I want to see the behind the scenes and what came before that. I love seeing people's evolution on Instagram because everyone's mm-hmm. got the same awkward faces. Like there's the whole like yes. weird filters from 2013. <laughs> and <Yep>. then, <laughs> and then like 2015 people are like taking like pictures of themselves, like in front of like wall murals. Yes. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> the giant angel wings. Exactly. And then there's like obligatory, like bikini shots in like 2016. And then, you know, and then it just, it changes and changes. And it's fun to see people's, you know, the evolution of Instagram as a medium, but then also people's evolution as, as humans. Cause we've all, I think that, you know, everyone I know is like, we're all 
very different people than we were in 2013. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. the, the world has changed drastically since then. And, and we've all changed as well. So it's, I think it's, we should celebrate the growth that we've all gone through. I think it's beautiful to see. I, I, I hate like staying the same or like the idea of like not evolving and changing. And um, I, I think it's, it's beautiful thing to celebrate the growth that we've all undergone as, as challenging as it has been, especially uh, in recent years. Yes. Yeah. And especially I think COVID was a really good reflection for a lot of people because now instead of kind of numbing out and going, doing things constantly, you kind of just have to sit with yourself. And so I think that evolution really hit a lot of people differently as well. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a silver lining, I would say, to the whole COVID uh, world is that, you know, people have been kind of forced to go within themselves and, and self-reflect. Uh -huh. And that's not always easy. You know, I think when we're used to like being in the hustle bustle and running around the world and kind of getting external validation and going to our little jobs and like having our routines and go to get drinks after work and then go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. When we don't have those routines, we're forced to really reevaluate our lives and reevaluate our priorities. And, you know, unless you've kind of, you know, I, I I've been on a bit of a, a, a spiritual journey for the past 10 years. And I've already had these like dark nights of the soul and these existential crisis moments where I've been forced to kind of like look at myself and see my own shadow and see the parts of myself that aren't so pretty. Mm -hmm. And you, you kind of emerge from those and come out on the other side as hopefully a more complete, full, um, well-rounded person. Mm -hmm. And um, right now, I think the whole earth is going through a bit of a dark night of the soul or an existential crisis. And for those of us who haven't been initiated into those experiences, whether it's through a personal breakdown or a loss that we've had in our life, or even, you know, you can experience something like that on like a plant medicine journey, for example. Um, but for those of us who haven't got a chance to have those initiations, this is a big global initiation that's forcing us all to reevaluate not only our own lives, but how society is structured and how it operates. And um, mm -hmm. that's not that's not always pleasant, but I, I, I do think that it, it tends to lead towards, again, like a, 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 a wider perspective and a better understanding about ourselves and the, and, and the role we want to have in the world. So hopefully all of this time to self-reflect is going to hopefully lead to, you know, a, a more empathetic and a more, um, you know, a more sustainable world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You made so many good points there. And I, I feel that because I think that I've hit that existential crisis point where I'm like, what is the purpose? And I've like been hyper-focusing on that and then trying to widen the lens on that and, you know, figure out, all the different things and, you know, thought processes that go with that and so on. Um, what would you say is your piece of advice for those people that are stuck at home, self-reflecting, struggling, and just don't have any guidance to kind of pick them up out of that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, 
I think that, you know, letting go of, you know, letting go and surrender is like a big, a big part Mm -hmm. of the spiritual journey, I think. And like, we, we expect things to be a certain way and we want things to be a certain way. And our, our ego gets attached to certain, the way things are, the way we want them to be. And it's like, oh, I, you know, I I was comfortable with my routine. You know, I don't, I don't want it to change. Mm -hmm. And I, and and I, and I, and I would just, I would just say that growth is, in my experience, growth is always uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and the ego wants things to stay the same. And that wants to, it wants a, a sense of control. Like mm-hmm. right now we're facing this like abyss of uncertainty. Like if you ask me to tell you what one year from now, you know, what the world will look, will look like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone knows. I think there's a lot of visions and a lot of plans and a lot of ideas for what the future could look like, but no one could accurately predict what one year from now will look like because we're facing a kind of a what looks like a lot of uncertainty and and the, and the great unknown and the ego has a very hard time with the unknown and with uncertainty that was actually the first book i wrote was called shit your ego says mm-hmm. and it's kind of about my own um journey to you know understanding my own ego and and facing my own fears of uncertainty and my own, you know, need for control. And um, what I realized is when you can just kind of surrender, it's not, it's easier said than done, but when you can surrender that need for control mm-hmm. and when you, when, when you, when you can actually lean into that uncertainty and not, not resist it and not avoid it, but to, you know, there's the famous saying, be here now, mm-hmm. but when you can be here now in the moment and lean into that uncertainty, I think that there's ultimately a freedom in that surrender. And when we surrender, like what the ego thinks it wants and what we think is best for us, mm-hmm. um, I find that we actually can get into alignment with our lives in a, in a higher way. We can get a alignment with our higher selves or alignment with source consciousness or whatever you want to call it. And when we're in alignment, things can start happening in a more effortless way where we don't need to control it, but things can come to us. And, um, you know, my life has changed a lot in the past year in ways that I didn't expect. And I lost a lot of things in my life that I thought I wanted, but Mm -hmm. In, 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 in the vacuum of that, when you don't resist it, things will start falling into place in a way that's um, sometimes even better than what our ego, you know, was fighting to hold on to. Mm-hmm. So it's that's the great, it's, it's ultimately the grace of surrender. It is. Yeah. I think it's funny that you say the be here now. I have that tattooed. Um, so do I. Do you? No way. That was my first tattoo. Really? I don't remember which number it was for me. I think it was like fourth or something, but yeah, I got cool. it when I was like in high school or something and I was really struggling and I had a therapist that said that. And out of everything she told me, that was the one thing that I was like, this will always resonate with me. However I'm feeling. Me too. Yeah. My friend, yeah. I, uh, my friend mentioned the book be here now by Ram Dass. And I, I, I had never heard of Ram Dass. I, at that time I wasn't reading anything that was, you know, very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, um, that book just really resonated with me. I love the drawings in it. And, 
um, the wisdom that Ram Das um, channeled through his, you know, his guru Neem Karoli Baba, and put into that book um, was was very impactful for me. So that was what I always wondered if I would get a tattoo. And then I agree with you. It was like, oh, I, be here now. That such that 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 statement resonates so much that mm-hmm. I actually feel comfortable getting this as a tattoo. And then. And then you get addicted to tattoos and then you yes. get more of them. And then... <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you've been on this spirituality journey for about 10 years. You've written a book. Um, I noticed you started a podcast, Homesick Alien Club um, and all of that. So what is what inspires you? What's pushing you to continue going and learning and growing? Mm-hmm. You know, I... I love um, creativity. Like I think that, like creativity is what makes us human. Like I think that's the most defining characteristic. You know, there's there's like a quote, I think in the in the in the Bible that's like that. You know, humans were made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, well, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? It doesn't mean that like God has our bodies or anything like that. But like the nate and when I say God, you know, you can interpret that word however you want, but the nature of the creator is mm-hmm. to create, is to create, right? So I think that that's the, the the essence of humans is to create. So for me, I love, um, like I, I wake up every morning, like excited to just make stuff and to create. I think it's, I think it's really fun. Like you never know it's going to come out of you. Like you could sit down and think of, a series of words that fit into a sentence that ends up changing people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, at, at any point, at any point, like I, either one of us in this conversation could just accidentally say something that ends up being, you know, hugely impactful in someone's life. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I love the, the, the magic of creativity and, and, and for me, like creativity and spirituality are actually connected because like for me, like what is creativity? Like the, the first thing you have to do is like, we're, t- we're tapping into ideas and inspiration that, that, you know, that doesn't exist yet. That doesn't, you know, it, it's not here. You can't see it, but we can attune our awareness and our attention into what is essentially a spiritual world, which is just the, 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 the ether of, you know, ideas that exists out in, you know, the abyss of space. And some people say that, you know, maybe we're, we're channeling ideas that come from our higher selves, or maybe there's a muse where these ideas come from, or you could even say it's spirit guides, like whatever, whatever you want to call it, we are, we are tapping into a source of intelligence that's beyond ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we're using our own talents to take those ideas that are off in the ether and we're crafting it into something that can be made manifest in the physical world and shared with others. And to me, that's a spiritual process. Mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's communicating with the unknown, with the divine, and then taking that information and bringing it back down to earth. So, you know, people talk about different spiritual paths and practices and rituals. And, and for me, like, that's my, you know, I, 
I don't think you need to like follow a certain religion or even, or, or spiritual practice. You know, I think it's good to have habits and rituals. And for me, creativity is kind of my daily spiritual practice. So I just get excited by creating for me. It's like, I feel like a kid in a sandbox, you know, you can just, you know, make stuff for the joy of making it. I think that's mm -hmm. one of the things that, um, has been lost in society in recent years is this sense of playfulness, this sense of curiosity, you know, mm -hmm. ev ev everyone tends to take things so seriously. Yeah. And ultimately like we're only here for a limited time. Like if you're going to be just so serious your whole life, like you're just not going to be happy. I think we're, we're here to, to play and have fun and to be curious and just tend to discover and to share. So, um, I think I, I wrote a tweet a while back that I posted on Instagram that was like, we experience joy to the proportion that our inner child is still alive. Yes. So I just tried it. And that's why my, my, my new book that's coming out soon. That's why it's called how to laugh in ironic amusement during your existential crisis. Purchase. <laughs> The idea is, yeah. yeah, I mean, we are like, like I said, we, we, we kind of are having a bit of a collective existential crisis right now mm -hmm. and it's not easy and people are suffering. I don't want to, you know, undermine the, the real suffering that's happening in the world, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, we're only here for a limited amount of time and, 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 and we can even learn to laugh in the face of our suffering. And that actually helps to alleviate the pain that we're feeling when we, we can recognize that you know, there is a, this is in a lot of ways, an absurd world, <laughs> you know, yeah. things aren't, things are messed up here and, um, and we should, we should change them. We should, we, we definitely need to fight for a better world. Um, but at the same time, I think we need to do that with, um, we, 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 we can help the world better, th um, when we try to change it through, through love and curiosity and, and bringing those, um, qualities to our, to how we interact with the world. I, I, I think that's a better way to shift the vibration of the world, um, more so than being angry and trying to fight. And you know, th there's a role for tearing down old systems and social structures. And I definitely understand that. Um, but my role is, is kind of to help bring some, some levity and some lightness and some play and some humor to the conversation. So we, um, you know, we can hopefully have a little bit more perspective and, and, and enjoy our time here, because like I said, we're not, our time here is limited. So we, we, we need to, um, we need to make, do our best to have some fun and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There was a few things there that I really wanted to touch on. And I think that um, just to first address your tweet that you had mentioned, I don't have Twitter. Um, I find that when I have Twitter, I get stuck in Twitter. And when I, I'm one of those people that's like, I need to make sure that I didn't miss anything. And what so I'm like, just delete that, delete the app, Patra. Um, but it's funny that you say that because I was just reading about how, you know, all those things that we love as kids, we should just continue and to continue to lean into that, like hobbies and things that make you happy that you just play with shouldn't expire at a certain age. You know, it should grow with you and you should continue to do it. Um, I think that we focus a lot on, you know, like I wanted to learn to sew and I'm like, oh, should I turn this into a business, whatever. And it's just like, 
people are always looking for those revenues of income and, you know, basing that worth and productivity and just taking it back and being like, as a kid, I would just sew for the fun of it and be like, oh, this was awesome. That's it, you know? Um, and so just letting it end there. So I agree with that tweet and it's awesome. And it made me for a second be like, I should download Twitter again. <laughs> well, it's, you know, not to sidetrack, but yeah, I mean, Twitter is like anything where it's like, you need to be careful with how you curate it and how you use it. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 arguments and the political or like division that happens on Twitter is extremely toxic. Yes. But if you, if you curate your feed to follow, you know, creatives and people that just are on your wavelength and don't engage in the overly politicized divisive nature of the platform, even though, even yeah. though that's the, st- that's the stuff that it's tempting. Cause that's the stuff that the algorithm tends to throw at you and 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 if you say something that's controversial it tends to get more likes because it's a heated topic yeah so it's a it's 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 a it's a it's a struggle to to use it mindfully but i think that social media is is whatever you make it you know like Mm -hmm. people talk about and they're right saying that you know we're all kind of addicted to our phones right now especially when we spend so much time at home like we're all just kind of lost in our phones and that's true. And there is some negative, you know, side effects to that. But at the same time, if we use it, like we are, we are tapping into a virtual reality when we're looking at our phones, it's not just, yeah. not just a phone. Like it is a virtual no. world where we can exactly. engage with anyone across the world, listen to a podcast, play music, mm-hmm. communicate with our friends. So for me in like Instagram, especially is my, it's like an art studio. I, I create, I get mm-hmm. ideas, I share. So yeah, I think, I think it's okay to spend a lot of time on these platforms as long as we're doing it in ways that are ultimately fulfilling and giving us energy as opposed to just mindlessly scrolling without, you know, <laughs> without actually like using it as a tool for something. Absolutely. And that's what I do with Instagram. Um, Aside from like Facebook, I just have, you know, the friends and family Instagram. I have everyone I follow is someone that I learn from or someone that I care about deeply. And, you know, so there's sometimes like you run into someone randomly and they're like, oh, let's follow each other on Instagram. And I'm like, I will keep in contact with you on anything else. Um, But I find that if I was to kind of fill Instagram with all this like kind of random stuff, then it becomes overwhelming and it does become political. And, you know, it becomes one of those things that you're like, now I'm just so lost in it, um, instead of something that you can learn and grow from. Whereas, you know, the way my feed is set up now, I look through it. Um, there's quite a few like follow, uh, therapists that I follow and things like that. And, you know, I'll read something and I'm like, I genuinely needed that today. Like that's something I'll take with me and I'll learn from and grow from. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's an awesome opportunity that social media has created for us to have. Um, because for me to have a thousand mini therapist sessions a day would be ridiculous, but all I have to do is go on the app and then, you know, I see artwork and I see these relatable memes and stuff like that. Um, and you know, it's like a source of validation as well, because you're like, I'm not alone. Yeah. If something isn't uplifting you or educating you or making you laugh or making you feel a sense of connection, just like unfollow. If something is not mm-hmm. vibing where you want to be, just 
unfollow. You know, that's how mm-hmm. we can't move on from our old patterns if we keep like if we are still locked into the same influences again and again and again. Like we need to cut ties with toxic people on our lives and we need mm-hmm. to unfollow toxic people on social media. Like it's just we're we're beyond the point where we can do that to ourselves. Yeah. Like I think I think like when 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 the wellness community first started talking about, you know, self-love and self-care, I was kind of like a typical guy. And I'm just like, what, what are they even talking about? You know, I, I didn't quite get it, but yeah. I told, I totally get it now. Like we, 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 we can't help the world unless we are helping ourselves first, like our mm-hmm. own mental wellness and, and having love for ourselves and being, you know, being comfortable with ourselves and taking care of our own internal trauma, our own pain, our own suffering, unless we can heal ourselves, we're not in a position to help others or to help the world. So it's so important to have boundaries and to just make sure that we're taking care of ourselves so we can show up and and make an impact with, you know, the people in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't fill from an empty cup. And so unless what you're taking in is filling your cup, then anything you're giving out is either going to be non-substantial or just takes away from you. So, yeah, I agree completely. Mm -hmm. Um, So you had mentioned kind of habits and rituals. Um, Do you have any for when you're creating this content? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I'd like to work first thing in the, I usually work uh, mornings and nights because I think to be creative, you need just kind of like a, uh, uh, an undisrupted block of time. Mm-hmm. Like during the day, there's, there's just stuff to do. You need to have lunch. Yeah. You, need to, you need to make calls. You need to get work done. You need, you have chores around the house. There's just so much stuff that, that you need to kind of do. It, it's hard to fit in creativity in little, little pockets throughout the day. I mean, you mm-hmm. might have an, you might have an idea to, that you can write down or something, but for the most part, um, inspiration for me comes when I give myself you know, a block of time to be undisturbed, especially in the morning mm-hmm. bef- before all the kind of demands of the day come in and start to distract me. Mm-hmm. So um, I wake up and I, I, I meditate first thing in the morning. Uh, I've been meditating for years now. It's, I mean, it's one of the oldest spiritual practices that we know of. And that's for a reason. It's just solid. It just really does mm-hmm. give us a chance to kind of quiet the mind and and check in with ourselves. I think the best ideas for me come when I'm really an open channel to receive it. It's not like I'm thinking of something and I'm analytically figuring out something. It's usually, no, I, I, I make myself like an open vessel to be a receiver for ideas that come to me. Mm-hmm. So med- meditation is a good way just to kind of become an open channel. Um, so I meditate first thing in the morning and I make tea and I have coffee later usually, but coffee, uh, is a little more, um, it kind of narrows your perception. Like Mm -hmm. it does, it focuses you on a specific thing and it, and it, and it gives you that, you know, like that focus, 
Mm-hmm. But when you want to be an open channel, sometimes you don't want to be overly focused. Right. So I usually do start with tea first, Urban Mate specifically, because Urban Mate is like a, is like a, a, a much stronger tea. Yeah. So it, it does wake you up, but it still is um, much gentler than coffee. So I have Urban Mate and then I might, you know, I'll play on some music, some instrumental music and, um, you know, it's sometimes it helps to move, to move around, move your body. You know, I think that, um, um, so much energy gets stored in our body and and stuck in our body sometimes. And movement is such a good way just to kind of get that energy moving. Mm -hmm. So even if it's like, just like dancing around the room for like one song Mm -hmm. or like just, just shaking out your arms and shaking out your body just to kind of get that energy moving, um, and sometimes that might even include like breath work where you're doing like focused breathing, whether through the mouth or through the nose, there's all different types of breath work techniques. Um, and then I just really sit down with an open notebook and just kind of tune in, you know, see, see what's going on with me, see what's, see what's on my mind, see what, you know, what lessons has, what lessons have the universe been trying to tell me? You know, mm-hmm. just kind of ch- check in with my body, check in with myself and see where I'm at. Because what I, what I've noticed is that wh- wherever I'm at at any given time, I think we're all connected. I think that we all like share, you know, we're all connected either through like the, the collective unconscious or, mm-hmm. you know, the energy of the world we're all feeling, so when I, when I look and see how I'm feeling and check in with myself and I, and I, and I reflect that back out through writing, people tend to relate to it because I, what we think is just our experience tends to be a shared experience. Mm-hmm. So if I just be like, well, where am I at? What am I, what's, what's, what's been on my mind? What's been on, you know, what's the universe been showing me? It tends, and the deeper I go, the deeper a connection because people tend to, we're more connected than we think we are. Absolutely. So I just sit down with an open notebook and just, you know, just start writing and start sketching, just see what comes through. And, you know, certain mornings I'll have 10 ideas, certain mornings I won't have any ideas. Um, but the point is just to kind of show up and see what comes through and, 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 at least, um, you know, step, step up to bat and you, you you might not get a home run every time, Mm -hmm. but you gotta keep, you gotta keep stepping up to the plate. And the more times you step up to the plate, you know, the better chances you're going to have of hitting a home run. So that's kind of my creative routine. I like that. I like that you've kind of thought through all the steps and they're all things that like align well with you, Mm -hmm. uh, is what you do now kind of what you thought you would do when you were younger? Yes and no. You know, I always wanted to be creative. Like when I was a kid, I, I, I was always drawing. Um, so I didn't have any plans when I was a kid, but uh, I always wanted to write or draw or eventually I started painting when I was like, you know, a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to do something like that, but you never know like what form that's going to take. And like, now I'm making memes and like mm-hmm. TikTok videos. Yes. Right. So I didn't see that coming, but you know, it's just, I, I like to try new things and like every, 
every few years, the, the whole landscape changes in terms of how people express themselves creatively. Yeah. So I think it's important not like to keep evolving. Like I sometimes see people on Instagram now who are like, let's just say like more of a fine artist or like more of a, a little bit more of a mm-hmm. traditional paint painter. And maybe uh, initially those people had big followings because their art was beautiful and people were using Instagram to share their, their photos and beautiful art um, was appealing. It still is appealing. But I've, I've seen frustration from those people now because their, their, their following isn't growing anymore. And in some cases it's actually go, um, going down mm-hmm. and that doesn't, that doesn't mean they're getting worse as an artist. Like they're still make beautiful art, yes. but the social media, um, the way it works and the algorithms just tend to like elevate different things. And like a meme is like something that people share like a lot because it makes mm-hmm. them laugh and then more people see it. Right. Absolutely. So, so, um, a, a meme isn't any better or worse than a painting. It's just a different way to communicate. And it, it's, it's something that tends, it, 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 it works right now. It's like a new, it's like a new thing. So I, I think that the, the rise of social media is going to create different types of artists who artists who make memes or artists mm-hmm. who are like, like, TikTok stars and it's easy to be like oh they're just a TikToker and like you know yeah. um just kind of brush that off but I would be careful to do that I think you know YouTube stars TikTokers people that make memes these are the new artists and the new broadcasters and the new entertainment so I never saw that coming but I think as a creative person you know it's all about playfulness and curiosity. And that includes like how you're expressing yourself and where you're sharing your work. So that's just my advice to anyone who wants to be creative is like experiment with all the tools that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely did not see it coming. Even last year, I didn't see it coming. Even last year I was working on books and, you know, a little bit of poetry here and there. And I, and I still write poetry and I still have, ideas for new books that I want to write. But what happened was um, in the middle of the pandemic, especially in like last summer, like 2020 summer, when things were just like really crazy, like the world was upside down. um, I was looking for a language to even describe how I was feeling and what was going on around me. And like, Mm -hmm. it it didn't feel right to just I could write an essay about it, or I could write this about it, or nothing seemed to like fit the tone of the world because the world was so crazy and so absurd that I just had to like figure out a new way to even express how I felt. So I started writing poetry that was weirder and like psychedelic and like apocalyptic and making memes that were just kind of weird and funny, but also struck a chord with where we all were. Uh, at this time in history. Mm-hmm. And so all of the stuff I'm doing now, it was really born out of just the craziness of the world and and trying to find the tools of artistic expression to even make sense of what was happening all around, all around yeah. me and all around us. And, and that's what ended up like being a, a compilation of all that work, both poetry and memes is ended up what's, what's um, being published as my, as my next book. So um, 
that one I did not see coming. Yeah. Um, so in terms of memes, like I find that, yeah, that's become such a thing and it's created such strong communities. I think it's amazing. What does that look like in terms of creation? Like, um, kind of the behind the scenes for that. Uh, it really depends, you know, it, um, sometimes I'll have an idea for like, like basically when I'm, when I'm channeling ideas in the morning, I'll just, some ideas work better as a poem. Some ideas work better as a meme. Mm -hmm. So I look for the idea first and then I I try to figure out the best way to communicate it. Mm -hmm. And some ideas just work better as memes. Um, so sometimes I'll get an idea for a meme and I'll need the, an image to support it. So I'll, I might even like look for, you know, maybe I, I'm like, okay, I want to make a meme that shows someone who's surprised and I've got like a funny caption for what they're surprised about. Then I've got to go and find the right image. Mm-hmm. So you, I might search for, you know, surprised person meme or like surprised person funny picture or whatever. And then I got to find the right image for the concept. Mm-hmm. And um, another way it will work is I'll find an image first. That actually happens a lot where I'll, I'll find a meme and the best memes are not on Instagram at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Memes are really weird. Memes like begin their journey, like in these weird dark corners of the internet, like yes. Reddit, like Reddit or like, I guess like 4chan or like random Twitter accounts. Uh-huh. And that's these weird meme like templates come from and like these weird like cartoon illustrations that people end up applying their own words to. Uh-huh. So um, that's what got, that's kind of why I use Twitter is to find new meme ideas. Okay. Because stuff yeah. I think t- tends to go on Twitter first. So I'll, I'll find like a meme template or like some kind of an image and I'll be like, oh, okay, I like this image. I like this template. And, um, and then I'll have to just change the words because yeah. memes are all about evolution and you can adapt them. And they, be, it's like a, a meme is, is like a, to ideas what a gene is to biology, like a gene, um, in a biological system it spreads and it adapts. And if it's a good mutation, it will adapt further Uh and pretty soon like impact the whole biological system. It's the same thing with memes for ideas. Like the good memes are like ideas that will spread and and be shared and then someone will change it. And then that adaption will change further. So memes are always mutating and changing and referencing themselves. Yes. So it's all about finding the right ones. And then I'll think, okay, how can I add my perspective to this meme? And then I'll, my perspective is usually like a spiritual or like existential idea. It's like, I'm usually, my, my memes are usually like, like questioning the nature of being human and yeah. like, like basically, um, reflecting the existential confusion and dread and simultaneous joy of the human experience. Mm-hmm. So I'll take a, I'll take a meme that was used to for something silly, like for 
talking about drugs or sex or whatever like memes tend to talk about you know mm-hmm. but then I'll but then I'll then I'll change the story to be about like spiritual existential concepts so I'm really just taking the same idea that was used in kind of like a lowbrow like f- funny way yeah and then just applying a more a more like highbrow spiritual perspective to it mm-hmm. and um it's a fun process yeah I love that um I think that yeah the way that you structure your work is really amazing thanks well and you know it helps because I went to design school and I and I ah. uh, and I used to be a graphic designer and like I was I was I was a okay graphic designer like I was a professional designer mm-hmm. I was okay I was okay I wasn't great um but it turns out that just like knowing how to use photoshop and like just having basic design skills yeah uh is is super helpful for for memes because I can you know I, I can just use photoshop and erase certain things and add certain things and find the right typography and memes don't have to be fancy by any means like the, the best no, memes yeah. are, are a little bit rough around the edges mm-hmm. but just knowing how to manipulate digital images helps a lot when when making memes absolutely and yeah that's not something that you probably saw coming when you uh, entered into that program <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They don't, they didn't exist. Like (laughs) they did. And like, I guess the internet has always had memes, but they've changed so much. Like, like the big memes used to be like, there was like a gif of like a dancing baby. Yes. I remember this. I think that just got popular. I like it just spread. Like it just started. Yeah. And one of the, I remember one of the big memes there, it's kind of how we think of memes today was I think it was the VMAs when Taylor Swift won video of the year over Beyonce. Yes. And Mr. Kanye West <laughs> famously stormed the stage. Yeah. Grabbed the microphone. He's like, Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish. But yes, <laughs> Beyonce made one of the best music videos of all time. And that was such a huge moment in pop culture yeah i remember that the next day i just remember seeing so many memes of like i don't even remember what they were but it was like kanye like doing different things and like people added different captions to that moment yes and that was and i was kind of like whoa like oh wow this is funny like people are just like making fun of this moment through the internet and um that's when memes started to become like a thing where you would see like a big cultural moment and then everyone would just add their funny little take to it. Yeah. Commenting in the, the comments, what their caption would be and all of that. Exactly. So yeah, as usual, we have Kanye to thank for that. (laughs) Thanks Kanye. Um, Yeah. Just watching them spread and evolve is so interesting. And it's funny because like I find that even like I'll reference it to like my parents or even my grandma sometimes and they'll understand it. And I'm like, how did, how did you see that? Like, you know, it's incredible how quickly it just spreads even worldwide internationally. Like it, it's uh, such a community builder. Yeah, it is. And it's a new, it's a new form of language in a way, because you can communicate in one little square JPEG with maybe let's say 10 words you can communicate a lot of information because 
they say an image is worth a thousand words. So with mm-hmm. the right, Im- with the right, the right image yeah. s- says so much. So then layering that image with a little bit of text, you can communicate so much. It's like, I might read, like I've, I've read a lot of spiritual books and I've studied Buddhism and Taoism and, and things like that, but I can take one little image and with the right words, obviously I can't communicate all of Buddhism or all of Taoism, but you can take a lot of what you've spent years learning, pack it into this little image and then at least communicate part of that, um, in a, in a, in a way that's way more effective than trying to get someone to read like paragraphs and paragraphs of Mm -hmm. what might be really boring text. So it really does somehow like transmit a lot of information in a little bit of content. So in a way, like I have a friend who said that memes are a step towards telepathy Yeah, because I can share an image to you and I'm saying a lot more than that image says. Right. So to me, it's like we're learning to, it's a new form of communication and who knows where it's going to end up going. But I think we're just, we're just at the beginning of exploring like what the meme <laughs> uh, can, Memes, can do in, yeah. in society. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, what about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? Um, you know, I've never given up. Like I've always wanted to be uh, an artist and um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm from a, a very small town in, in Minnesota like I grew up in a town of like a couple hundred people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, and I always wanted to be a writer and an artist and it's not easy to be a writer and, a, and an artist. And mm-hmm. I, I had a lot, like a lot of um, setbacks and it was a long and winding road. And I, you know, I went to art school, then I ended up getting like a job as a graphic designer, which led, led to me being like a, a brand strategist for advertising agencies and, I kind of got caught up in the whole like corporate world and like, you know, the ego driven world of trying to advance my career and get ahead and you kind of lose yourself in that. And, you know, at, at no point in my life, was it like, um, you know, evident that I would in any way, like be some kind of an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't highly skilled as an artist or as a painter or, you know, technically skilled as a writer, but I always just had this kind of vision that I was meant to make art. I was meant to write. I was meant to, to write poetry. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of support or like connections or anything like that. I just, I just kept going and it's take, I mean, I'm not by any means like made it, but I have a, a following now I've got, mm-hmm. you know, my second book is being published now. Yeah. And, um, that just wasn't likely at any stage of my life. So I was just following this insane vision that I had for myself that only I could see. Mm-hmm. And I, no matter what, I never let go of that vision. I just kind of kept pursuing it. So no matter what your life looks like, no matter what your external circumstances look like, I think we all have like an inner compass that we're meant to follow. And if, as long as we stay loyal to that inner compass, we're going to get where we need to go. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. 
Um, where can our listeners best find or support you? I know you've got that podcast, Homesick Alien Club. I'll include the links to that. And I'm excited for your new book to come out. I like pumped. Um, but where else? Thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, so Instagram is my home base. You can follow me at words are vibrations. And then all my links are are there. So you can link to my podcast, Homesick Alien Club. And there's also a link to pre-order my new book um, on my Instagram. So find me there. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, It's been a pleasure talking to you and I've learned a lot from this conversation and I hope that it impacts other people in the same way. Thank you so much. and, And thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure.